Amen. Amen. Songs, he fills our hearts with songs of deliverance. Amen. Amen. And whenever I am afraid, then I can trust in you. Amen. We were at the Delaney a couple weeks ago, and there were some questions that we were talking about, and Gus made the comment about that. He goes, Jim, we don't have to be afraid. There's no fear. And you remember when we said that? He said that, and I went, dang, I just hang, I've hung on to that because that is so important. Because many people today obviously are afraid. They're afraid about the future. They're afraid about what happens when they do die, if they think about that at all. Uh, and, and they're just terrified. And Jesus, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, that he took the sting out of death. He took it away. We do not have to have fear. We can have confidence in our God that when that time comes, that he'll safely carry us over to the other side. And he won't. He has never lost a sheep yet, okay? And he never will. And we had to have that confidence that we do not have to be afraid. Jesus came and he defeated fear. And the wonderful thing about it is that's for all of us here today, amen? Whatever you're facing today is we don't have to be afraid of it. Gas prices, inflation, all the things we see happening around and then the evil. Uh, there was a man shot on 249. Uh, I don't know what happened, but uh, somebody, evidently, there was road rage. And uh, he was just riding along, 50-year-old man, and they got shot. Just shot him, evidently. He made a, he made a turn, and uh, somebody went off and shot him. He's dead right now. We have these things. We don't have to be afraid about these changing times that we're in. Jesus tells us to be prepared that these things are expected. These things will take place but we don't have to be afraid. I want to share with you too before we begin something that I think is so important. <clears throat> we do not face the wrath of God as God's children, okay? We do not face the wrath of God. Those who are not believers will, and that should obviously cause us and really motivate us to share the gospel, to be an example to people. And you think, what can you say? And I always use the expression, I show up. You show up and let God do the rest. You don't have to have your plan and saying, I'm going to say this, I'm going to do this and so forth. Because many times those things are, they kind of like they fall on the ground. But if you'll say, Lord, I'm available and I'm going to show up for whatever you have for me today. And that's the prayer in the morning is to show up and God will use you for his glory because people need to know the Lord. <clears throat> the other thing is, is that through these trying times, whether or not you see inflation, you see things happening, that God will take care of his children. Always remember that. God always takes care of his children. Do you remember what happened in the Israelites? They were in captivity. They were in bondage for all those hundreds of years. And remember where they lived? They lived in the land of Goshen. This is obviously well prepared. People, God took care of his children. And when the plagues came forth, remember, it didn't touch any because they had the blood of the lamb across the doorpost of their homes. We had the blood of Jesus over the doorpost of our hearts, okay, as Christians. And we do not have to be afraid. God will take care of us. He will protect us. He'll provide for us. He is our all in all. And we studied this morning Nancy's teaching in the Bible. Come to Sunday school if you, if you get a chance to get up a little bit early. Come on in. 
and she's teaching on uh we talked talked about Ruth and how all these things in the book of Ruth just sort of like came together and I mean, you know, it was this over here and that over there and, you know, and all this. And it all came to work just as God had orchestrated it. You think things are happening by happenstance in your, in your life? They're not. There's no coincidences in the life of a believer. Everything is being orchestrated by a divine orchestrator. His name is, is God Almighty. Amen. Jehovah God. And He is bringing it. So you have every right to rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. Amen. Amen. So we're going to talk about worship today. And I pray that it will be uh, thoughtful and also challenging to all of us. And what has been on my heart now, and I just tell you right now, worship, as I mentioned earlier, uh, how powerful worship is. You worship the Lord and, you know, you go, well, how do I do that? And all that. You just tell the Lord, I want to be a worshiper. Lord, teach me. He is a good teacher and he will teach us. He will lead us into that that place of worship and intimacy with him, not because of us and our failings and our weaknesses, but because of his strength. He is our strength. We just sang. Okay, so we truly uh, God's doing great things. Let's pray. Father, thank you that we can pray. It is really just awesome that we could be here today. And Lord, you are God Almighty. Our minds can't fathom and understand that, Lord, you want a relationship with us. And yet you showed that by sending Jesus Christ into the world to take our sins upon himself. To be a perpetuation of sin for us. To be our redeemer. To be our advocate. To be the one Lord. The holy one. Lord of Israel. That we can truly trust in. And we ask you even now Holy Spirit. These things that we're going to talk about. I ask that you explain it to everyone. Speak through me. But Holy Spirit ultimately. You explain things. Talk to us. Because Lord. We want to be prepared and we believe this life is a preparation for when we go to be with you throughout eternity. We ask you to move and ask you to do what you desire in this service this day. As we pray together in Jesus name. Amen. 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 All right. We're going to do this to begin with. Can everybody say right now with me? And I mean, say it aloud. Say amen. 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 Can you say this? Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. This is what I'm getting ready to teach on. And you will be graded on it. Okay. You will be graded. I'm looking. I can see every one of you because I'm on a platform. And so um, God wants us to praise him. And we're going to talk about it here. All right. Our model for worship. I mentioned and I've I've journeyed through life with the Lord and all this. and, And again, I am on a journey with you. But in the last few months, God has really called me and he's saying, I'm looking for worshipers. And this is what we talked about in the last few weeks. He wants people who worship him. Why? It's because we were created for worship. The one thing we were created for is worship. We weren't uh, obviously created to come and see who could leave this earth with the most toys. He actually created us to worship him. And so there's a lot that comes when you think about that. He created us. For worship. And this scripture that we're going to look at is a model, I believe, for worship. 
Because, Lord, I always told the Lord, Lord, I want to worship you. You've heard me say it many times. The same way we worship you in heaven. Now, I know the glory of God is so powerful that obviously we will get new bodies at that time. But I want to be prepared. I want to worship God in that manner. And so God always gives a model as to live the life. Remember, we live as Jesus did. He's making us more like Jesus. That's the whole thing. To be conformed to his image in Romans chapter 8. And so we're being made in different circumstances in our life. We may not see it and he may not show us those things, but we're made to become more like Jesus Christ. And that will take place before we leave this earth. Now, believe it or not, this is the word of God. Because why? Philippians 1.6 says this. This is the confidence that we have that he who began a good work within you will bring it to the completion at the day of Christ Jesus. He promises this as we seek the Lord. But he wants us to journey along with him. He wants a relationship in this journey together. And so we are all together because the body of Christ is the bride of Christ. And so we're all moving along through this. We're learning, we're growing. And I pray that this will be really a major thing in your life when obviously God begins to work this. And when you begin to just seek him, that you want to be a worshiper of God. I've talked about it. So if you would, look at Revelation chapter 7. Lynette's going to bring it up on the screen. All right. If you'd like to stand while we read the Word of God, you can do that. Ever how your legs feel or your joints feel, you can stand, but you honor the Lord by exalting His name. Let's read it together. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. From every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes, and were holding palm branches in their hands. Get a picture of this. And they cried out in what? A loud voice. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures and they fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God saying, Amen, praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thank you. All right. Full of good things there that when you look at a model for worship, let's review just a moment for a little bit what we talked about. Exodus 33 has been the primary uh, verse that, chapter that we've looked at and we looked at here a couple weeks ago about the tent of meeting. Remember, as the Israelites were taken out of bondage out of Egypt and they went into the desert. Remember, their leader, Moses, would take and get away into this place to have fellowship and prayer and communion with God Almighty. Remember, they sent the tent of meeting, a tent outside of the main activity of the camp where the Israelites were. There were several million that were there. So they had to get away. And they put this tent outside of all that activity and where it was quiet where they could get away. And you remember Moses went into the tent and he communed, he fellowshiped, and he, he talked with God in that tent. And when Moses would go in the tent, remember the cloud, uh, the, uh, the cloud or the cloud of glory Glory, show me your glory, Lord, would come and set at the entrance to the tent. And when the people there in their tents would see this happening, what did they do? They came to the entrance of their tents and they worshipped. 
Let me tell you, when the glory of God is, the, is coming and moving in, in a personal way, in a corporate way, and it could be a nation that's experiencing the glory of God. It can be any, and we will experience the glory of God when we go to heaven. And when you're in the glory of God, you, all you'll do is worship. All you'll want to do is praise Him. All you want to do is just thank Him and give Him all the glory and all the honor. And they worshiped. And so they did this. And remember what happened? Joshua was a young man at that time, but he would precede after Moses was uh, taken from the position. Remember, God had his man Joshua. And Joshua would go there and stand in the, inside the tent with Moses, and Moses would leave, and Joshua would leave. He didn't want to leave the glory of God. He was in the presence of God. When you're in the glory and you're in the presence of God, you don't want to leave. You see, sometimes we say, well, Jesus is Lord, here in this place. Wouldn't we all agree there? That Jesus Christ is Lord here in this place. But in reality, is Jesus Lord or the clock Lord? Everybody catching what I'm saying? I got to get y'all out of here so you can go to Luby's. Or you can do this and you can go that. What takes the precedent? And when I say these things, remember, I'm not saying them so that we say, well, we just fleshly do these things and conjure them up. Okay? I'm not saying that at all. But just wanting to be in the presence of God, He will be Lord. He will be sovereign in our lives. He will be the one that we cherish in our lives. And everything else is not going to make a difference. Okay? Because when the Bible says, seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and everything else will be added unto you. Do you believe that? That's the Word of God. But do we believe that when we seek first, when we place our lives before Him, that doesn't mean that we become idle and not do anything. It just means that things will come together. When I'm not seeking Him first, things are unraveled in my life. I don't know about yours. But when we do that, when we worship Him, when we praise Him, when He's priority in our lives, when He is really Lord in our life, is things just seem to come together, don't they? That's why worship is so important. And then last week, if you remember, we talked about praise. Anybody remember talking about praise? Does God need our praises? No, He don't need our praises. He's God. We need to praise Him. And because why? Is God changed when we praise Him? No, we're changed when we praise Him. And what if happens when you come in here on Sunday morning or any other time where you are when in your time with the Lord or, or maybe in a time and meal, whatever it may be, do you always feel like praising Him? No. So what do we do? We praise Him anyway. Because what happens is we get our sights set on ourselves and we forget about that God should be where our sights are. That's just what we just were singing about too, also during that song. Talking about this today. So, so praise is about God. And, and praise is about thanking Him and praising Him what for what He has done. And worship is actually about who God is. Okay, So there are two different things in that. And so when you talk about here, you've always you've come to church, you talk about praise and worship, praise, praising Him, thanking Him, but then it should enter, uh, we should enter into worship. Okay? And it's not about, obviously, uh, I, I prepare for the message and Kathy prepares leading in the worship and, and so forth and all those types of things. But why are we here in the first place? Anybody? Anybody? Why are we here? Why do you come to church? Why is it? What is it? Worship Him. To worship Him. Worship Him. 
to meet Him, to encounter Him, to know Him, to express those things to Him. Obviously, we have fellowship. Fellowship is most important. Unity in the body of Christ, we talked a lot about trying to work that and trying to follow what God would have for this church as far as unity. But really, it's about God when we come in this place and it's about God when we leave this place. It's about God on Monday morning. It's about God the next day. It's about God all the time in our lives, folks. Until we come to a place where He's first place, then we know it just won't work. We'll never be satisfied. Why? It's because we were created to worship Him. So we talked about that praise. Praise, obviously, is very important. Praise is done audibly. What does that mean? Verbally. Or it's done with our bodies. Praise today. Praise Him. It's done there. You know, obviously, you can, you can sit and meditate on the Lord and you can sit quietly and, and you, we need to meditate upon the Lord. Nothing wrong with any of these things today, but, but meditation is not praise. Meditation could be you're just sleeping, and I'm obviously here in this church. I can see every one of you, so don't go to sleep, okay? I know it may be a hard weekend. Last, last night, I was up all night because of the light, or most of the night, because of the lightning, and then my doorbell because uh, the, the lightning bro- uh, actually tripped the breakers. My doorbell's ringing, ding, 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 ding. And I finally, I finally got, I said, I'm going to just get up, you know, forget it. And got up, did my thing. And I started to get water, and I went, uh-oh, we don't have any water. We don't have water. And I started thinking of me, and I hear on the morning when I ought to be thinking about the Lord in preparation for coming in here and sharing with y'all and so forth. I'm thinking about how am I going to wash myself because people don't want to be around me if I haven't taken a shower, okay? Trust me. And I started thinking, I said, Cindy's got some distilled water in there in bottles, you know, and I'm conjuring all, I can use that, and I can use this and so forth. But there was no water. So I called him and I said, we're out. We don't have water. Something had tripped there at probably one of the stations. And uh, they had water back on. Thank the Lord. Y'all want to just thank me for taking a shower today? Amen. Thank Thank you. Thank you. That should remain in myself, right? Thank you. Thank you, Jim. Worship, worship, obviously, is why we are here. And really, think about it. Should be passionate, right? Isn't God deserving of that? It should be passionate worship before the Lord and adoration because obviously it's powerful. Now, some people would say, but Jim, I'm concerned about emotionalism. I'm concerned about this. But see, let me tell you what emotionalism is. Emotionalism is about your emotions controlling you. And that's not worship. Worship is not obviously, it is not necessarily about that. Although when you worship, that may be a manifestation of that. But obviously, worship is the meeting of God's heart with your heart. And it's resulting in the controlling of the Holy Spirit in your life and my life. When we come together, when a supernatural God touches a natural person, and we're natural, there's something going to be happening. We're going to worship. And we're going to bow low before Him. If you read the Psalms, you read how obviously they, they bowed before the Lord and, and they obviously worshiped God with their bodies and, and all. And talked about last week, we can clap, we can dance, we can praise Him, we lift our hands and we thank Him and we sing because He's worthy, not about what, how I feel, but we give Him the praise because He's truly do that praise and He's do that worship here. But worship is not necessarily driven by our emotions either. 
Worship is driven by the Holy Spirit who wants your mind, your body, your heart, your will, your strength, and your emotions to worship and to love Him. He wants all of us. He wants the totality of who we are. And we offer our bodies to Him as, a, as, as spiritual acts of worship here. The totality. That's what He wants when we come here on, on a Sunday morning. And, and every day, really. But when we come together corporately, there's something special about it. Because God has called us. He said, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together like some have, but encourage one another as you see the day approaching. That's Hebrews chapter 10. He's saying, don't stay away. Ed and I have been talking about it today. People, we want people to come in. And so we're doing some changes as far as our, our format and so forth. We want people to come to church. They're able to come to church. I'm not saying those are not able to come. There are those, and certainly we pray for those. We understand that. But we do know when you can come to church, come to church. It's so important today. And I'm going to share with you why it's so important and why it's so important that we worship the Lord. Now, if you don't feel the presence of God some Sunday, don't go away sad. You aren't here to worship a feeling of God's presence. You're here to meet with Him, to expose your heart to His heart and to incline your attention heavenward. And we gather for a divine encounter with that supernatural God. But it isn't certainly priority and feelings. You have come because you want to meet with God. Because you want to encounter Him. Because your desires for Him and Him alone. The outward manifestations of that encounter are not to be sought or certainly treasured more than the one we encounter. We've come for Him. We want Him. Because He is worthy. We want to worship Him just like what we're reading and we'll continue to read as far as heavenly worship. And what's that all about today? We're being prepared. This is a dress rehearsal, so to speak. I've always talked about it for heaven. And so we're being prepared for that time when we go to be with Him here. So, true worship is an act of God. It cannot be coerced, controlled, manipulated, or forced. I can't cause you to worship God. It is a response to the move of God's heart towards us that we worship Him. But we get in a position to be a part of that and to receive what God has given and to meet with Him. We get prepared to meet Him. That's why I mentioned worship all week so that when you come in here on Sunday morning, you're ready, you're prepared today. You don't just kind of jump in and try to jump into God's presence. All week long, pray, talk to Him, ask Him. You want to walk in His presence every day. And obviously, He'll prepare your heart for Sunday morning. God's often really doing far more in a worship service than what we really realize. But yet, sometimes I feel like, and I'll be honest with you, I don't want to be in control here, folks. You know, I don't want to be in control. Many times, I try to control things and so forth. And I'm talking about, we have a format. And I'm not just saying, let everything go. But I'm saying today, I don't want to be in control. I want the Holy Spirit of God to be in control. I want Him to come and move the way He desires. He is the orchestrator. He is God. I want Him to do these things. Obviously, He does things a whole lot better than I do. He doesn't want that. And sometimes I think we restrict Him and stifle Him because obviously we've done things a certain way. There are different reasons why we do it like that. But we know that we want Him to be in control here. You know, a lot of times I have been guilty of trying to schedule worship. To make worship happen according to my timetable. But I want to tell you, I don't want to be. 
I really want to be to have a fresh encounter with God Almighty. And I want you to also. My prayer every day is that not just, Lord, I want to know you. I want to encounter you. I want you to show me your glory. But I want everybody to see your glory. I want everybody to know you. I want everybody to worship you. I don't want anybody left out. I want Lighthouse Fellowship. I want the churches up and down here on 518 all around here. I want the churches all over. I want everybody to know Him. We've got to know Him because you're changed from glory to glory. You're changed when you encounter the Lord and when God does something like that down deep in your heart. You're changed. You'll never be the same. You'll never be the same. Look what happened to Isaiah, chapter 6, verse 1. In the year of King Uzziah's death, remember? Isaiah was a friend of the king, Uzziah. He died. And he said, I saw the Lord, this is Isaiah speaking, sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted, with the train of his robe filling the temple. Seraphim stood above him, each having six wings, with two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called one to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. And the foundations of the thresholds trembled at the voice of Him who called out while the temple was filling with smoke. The whole place shook. As they said, holy, holy, holy. I mean, that was worship today because obviously Isaiah was changed. He saw the king high and lifted up. And what happened was he was convicted that he was a sinner. And he lived amongst the people that were sinners. And he needed to be cleansed in, in God's blood, Jesus' blood there before, before he came there. And the seraphim, remember, took the coal, touched his lips, and he was cleansed. But what happened when he was changed? Anybody? What happened? Anybody? Remember what happened in the story? After Isaiah was touched by that vision, that time of worship, of encountering, he encountered the Lord. He saw God's glory. Remember, what happened to Isaiah? Anybody? He said, here I am. Send me. What did he do? He said, i got to tell somebody about you. I've got to tell everybody about you. I don't want to keep this to myself. I've encountered the glory of God. I've been changed because of the glory of God. I want to tell somebody about you. I want everybody to know about who you are. I want everybody to know. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Don't we need that encounter? Don't we need to know God in that, how personal He is to be able to go out and tell other people about who He is and how great and awesome that He is today? Many people think that, you know, they laugh at the things of God. They laugh and, and just sort of like, man, they don't, there's no fear of God at all in their lives and all. And we need to have that fear of God to blanket this country again. But remember, many people today, they have no respect for God. They use His name in vain. They say things, they do things. They believe that obviously you eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow you die. Remember what happened in the days of Noah? That's the same way we're living today. Eat, drink, and be merry because tomorrow we die. And they had no concern for God until the time came. In the case of Noah, the water rose up and they all scrambled then and began to say, oh gosh, we were too late. It's too late. See, what happens is God has put us here for such a time as this. The book of Esther. Nancy's going to teach on that. Come to the Sunday school. 
for such a time as this. We're not an accident. We're here by divine purposes to do the will of God, to tell other people about how great He is, to be able to exclaim His glory, to be able to say how God has touched your life. You see, a main way of witnesses tell what God has done in your life. That's testimony. And that's a witness today. Tell everybody about it. I want everybody to know about Jesus. I want everybody to encounter Him. I don't want anybody, even those who rejected Him, I want them to know Jesus because they'll be changed and they'll find real life because today they have nothing. They're walking in death. One day it will be the fullness of death. But you see, we have to have an encounter. We have to know God in that way. We've got to know how great and awesome He is. We've got to know, as Isaiah said, you know, you know, Job said this. What happened? Job obviously was a devout follower of God. And remember, he had all types of things. He had his family taken away from him. He had his wealth taken away from him. He had boils on his skin. He was hurting and everything else. And remember, all of his friends came up and said, man, you must, there must be some sin in your life. You need to confess it before the Lord. And Job had already been before the Lord. No, it's nothing like that and so forth. And remember what happened when God revealed himself to him? He said this. My ears have heard about you. But now my heart knows you. Now I really know you. We've heard about God, haven't we? We've heard about how great He is. But when God comes and touches us, and touches us deeply, then we go, now I know who you are. Now I know, you see. And if we get in a place for that, God will not disappoint. And I told you when we started this, this is all personal. And this is between you and God. And I don't tell you, anybody how you should experience and encounter the Lord. But I'm just saying today, that's where we are. We need that today. And God is real personal. He knows what it will take to bring you back to Him. And He'll do it. If we get in a place of saying, Lord, you're mine and I'm yours. Okay. And so that's what it's all about. My ear, we've heard about you. Boy, the teaching. All these, there's more education today in the church than there ever has been because we've got Google, we've got all types of things, we've got iPhone, we've got Android, we've got everything, any way of doing that, all types of teaching coming across and so forth and sometimes. But let me tell you today, what we need most is an encounter with the living God. Hallelujah. We need an encounter with Him. We're changed when we encounter, when we're touched by Him. Yes, we need education. Yes, we need to know these things. And they're all good. But let me, they are nowhere close to you coming and, and getting, having an intimate relationship with Him and knowing Him intimately. Walking in His presence every day. Every day. We sing it. Holy Spirit. Francesca Battistelli sings it. Holy Spirit. Come. That we are more aware of Your presence today than we ever have been. You're here. Help us, Lord. Open our hearts to You. Get ready in a good place. He's making worshipers in you and me. Isaiah seeing all these angelic beings and all this stuff. You can't hardly describe it. The seraphim just talked about. They're actually even, I believe, higher than angels when you talk about that. And their job was to to celebrate the praises of God's holiness and power and to cover His glory. And so this place shook when that took place. I'm telling you, God is awesome. God is more powerful. I Think about it today. The God of creation wants that relationship with you and me. 
and he wants us to worship him. Our goal in worship is to catch a vision of God. That's our goal. You and I will one day be able to not only glimpse God and worship, but behold Him in all of His glory and worship and adore Him 24-7, as it may be said. That's why we're here today. That's why we come and we talk, teach about this. It's a teaching, not that this, but this is a teaching, obviously, to stir something in your heart, in my heart, by the power of God's Spirit. That we'll want more of God. That we'll be hungry for God. That the hunger for the things of this world will no longer consume us. And God will consume us. That's what we need. This is what this nation today needs. The reason why we're going down the tubes in this nation today is because we've rejected God. we turned away from God. And God has allowed and lifted His hand of protection and provision off of us. And we're under the passive judgment of God. Unless we turn to Him, He'll continue on until He gets our attention. But he's looking to the church house. He's looking to me, me, and you to be able to proclaim who he is and show the world. Remember, Moses said, I'm not going up here into this place unless you go with me. I'm not going. Because he says, how will they know that we're any different from the people that we're going to go into if you don't go with me? How is it that you're going to make a difference down here at Kilgore's? Or over here at this place, Cracker Barrel, these places I love, okay? I use the ones I know. How are you going to make a difference? It's because you've been in the presence of God. Because God's glory surrounds you. Jesus walked in His Father's glory every day. Jesus said in John chapter 14, He said the same works we'll do that He did and even greater works will we do because when I go to the Father, He's saying today, He's left us here as His ambassadors. He's left us here. His representatives. The one. We know Him. We can share today. But how will they know you're different and I'm different? Because you've been in the presence of God. You've been in the presence of glory. That's how you know us. You see. We need God's presence. To walk with us. Revelation 11. Listen to this. And the 24 elders who sit on their thrones before God fell on their faces and worshiped God, saying, We give you thanks, O Lord God, the Almighty, we who are and who were, because you have taken your great power and have begun to reign. And then a revelation again here in chapter 7 that we read. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen! Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. What's some of the central elements of of what we're saying with this particular scripture? Because this is real. This is the word of God. This is not me. This is not me trying to conjure something up up here. I can't do anything. It has to be a work of the spirit of God in my life and your life. I'm here to proclaim the word of God. And for me, I am always my biggest audience. <laughs> what are they saying? What they say? What'd you hear? What'd you hear they were saying? Amen. 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 Can we hear it? That's why I said, can we hear amen? Amen. Amen. May it be as you have spoken is what it means. May it be so. Amen. They were saying amen continually. Amen. 
Now, I'm not saying to get out of here in every place and amen, but I'm telling you, when God touches you and you see something and you're touched by the presence of the Lord or whatever, amen, thank you, Jesus, praise your holy name because He's worthy. It's not about anything else except for Him. And Revelation, listen to this, chapter 5, when He had taken the, the book, Jesus, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each one holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. And he said this, Worthy are you to take the book and to break the seals. And you were slain and purchased for God with your blood men from every tribe, every tongue, and people in every nation. And you have made them to be a kingdom and priests to our God. And they will reign upon the earth And then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders. And that number of them was myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing and every created thing which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all things in them. And I heard heard them saying to, to Him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. And the four living creatures kept saying, Amen. Amen. And the elders fell down and they worshipped. They're singing God's praise. Can you imagine 10,000 times 10,000? Myriads and myriads and myriads of people saying, Worthy is the Lamb. Because they were looking for somebody that could obviously take the scrolls and break the seals there. And they couldn't find anybody. And here comes the Lamb of God. And He comes up and said, He's worthy. He paid it all so He can do that. And He opened those seals. This will actually happen, obviously. We know. This is to come. This is going to be awesome. We're going to be around the throne of grace. We're going to be singing. We're going to be worshiping the Lord continually because He's worthy because we were created for worship. And he wants us to worship him in the here and now. And you say, but Jim, I'm kind of in my mannerism, kind of quiet. <laughs> I am too. <laughs> I'm kind of a recluse in many different ways. <laughs> a hermit, as you may call it. So I have to kind of work at it. But when I praise God, I can give him the sacrifice of praise. You can give him a sacrifice and that's why it's called. You don't always feel like it. But it's not about whether or not I feel like it. It's whether or not you know how he's worthy. And He is worth it all. Amen. Unfortunately, on earth, churches all across America, again, say that Jesus is a sinner. But a lot of times, it's everything else except for Him. Everything else going on around Him. Everything else, you know. Got to keep this uh, keep this in order. That word, I'll preach on that one day about keeping everything in order and so forth. And what that means as far as God is concerned. Uh, people have said that that means you sit there and you're quiet and you better not say a word. You better not shout. You better not clap. You better not do this and you better not do that because it may get a little bit too chaotic. I'm going, let me tell you, is anybody uncomfortable with what I'm doing here today? I've been with y'all for what, 18 years? Has anybody really been uncomfortable with anything that I have done and so forth? All trying to preach the word of God to pure without any, uh, you know, uh, error from the word of God? Here, I want to worry about that. We need to we need to worship the king. He is the Lord God Almighty. There's a time for that stillness and that quietness. And we talked about it. There's a time for that. 
And that certainly is a time to know the Lord and encounter the Lord too. But when we come together corporately, it is actually spiritual warfare. Okay? Worship is more powerful than anything that we can do. Amen? Because we were created to worship the Lord. When you sing to the Lord, more is happening than what you and I realize. I love Christian music. I do love all that. And I was raised on the hymns and I love these hymns. But I love the Christian music. It just expresses probably who I am. You know, I was raised in the rock and roll era. Okay. 60s and 70s and so forth. I like classic rock and all that sort of stuff. So that may be why and so forth. But I love this, this some of the worship today. If I can't understand the words, that's a different story. But most of it, the words are so powerful today. I actually will sing these words back to the Lord. I'll praise God. And let me tell you, I don't give it a second thought, but I believe with all my heart that something is happening in the heavenlies when I praise His holy name. And when I sing back to God those words on these songs that have been written, and certainly they're anointed and they're inspired that God is giving these singers that are highly anointed, highly these worship leaders that are being used of the Lord to lead people in worship today. They're very important because spiritual warfare. And we are in spiritual warfare. Anybody here realize that? Amen? We're in spiritual warfare. We know who wins. We're on, that, on Jesus' side, but I'm talking about till we get there. There are a lot of battles going on in your life, my life. There's sicknesses. There are uh, obviously temptations. There are things that are out there that are trying to lure us in to get us busy to where, where our relationship with God is sort of like really just put on the back burner. God wants to meet with you and me. And he wants to meet with you and me. And it doesn't make any difference if you're in a car or if you're in your quiet time or you come in here on a Sunday morning or maybe whatever you're doing, God wants to meet with you and me because that's why he created us. He didn't create us in this set. Well, you're on your own. You conjure it up. When you and me express and we encounter the awesomeness of who God is, we never stay the same. Worthy is the lamb, they were saying here. In Psalm 95, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down and let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for He is our God. They were bowing down to God Almighty. Now, I want to tell you, it doesn't necessarily mean that in a bow position, that certainly, because it has to be an attitude of my heart. It has to be that my heart is bowed. But this position represents Something in my heart as I bow down before the Lord. Come, let us bow down before the Lord, our King, our Maker. Let us exalt His holy name. The Psalms are definitely many, many acts of, of a relationship with the Lord. David had it. David wrote many of them. Worship the one. King Jehovah's fat, bowed low. Ezra bowed down in worship. Solomon was kneeling when he prayed in dedication to the, the newly finished house of the Lord, the temple, obviously. Perhaps it's going to take a level of, de of desperation for some of us to bow low and worship. And I'm not necessarily saying get on your knees, don't do that, because I know our knees hurt sometimes. But I'm talking about an attitude of my heart and your heart. Now we come to that place of desperation, of knowing that Lord, you're all in all. We'll always think just a little bit of this is about me. When none of it's about us. It's all about him. The only way 
as we come into a true, true encounter with the living God. Lucifer, if you remember, there's a men, much in Ezekiel chapter 28. They believe that Lucifer, Satan, again, he was called Lucifer in heaven. But many believe that Lucifer was uh, God's worship leader in heaven. They believe that he was. There's some theologians that believe that. And remember what had pride and pride got in his heart and all. And he, was, he and a third of the angels were kicked out of heaven. That's why the demonic uh, things we have deal, dealing with today are going on. But he got kicked out of heaven. But he worshipped. He actually led, we believe, many do, not everyone. But that he led in worship in heaven. Now that must be a powerful position because they said that he's a brilliant. He's a beautiful. He was a beautiful angel. And he comes and masquerading as an angel of light. He looked beautiful. He was the most beautiful, one of the most beautiful that God had created. And he chose to rebel against God. And yet God, he was being used as worship leader. Can you connect the dots? Can you see how powerful worship is in your life and my life? Can you see that more is happening in our lives when we worship than what we really realize? Most important thing is, is that, yes, the word, and yes, as we're led in worship, but encountering God. Most important, most important of all. Lucifer knew it. And so what happens when you begin to um, you begin to move? You begin to ask God. You seek Him and say, Lord, I want to be a worshiper. I know I've created for that. Jim's been talking about it. And I believe my spirit agrees with it. And I believe the Word of God certainly is, is, is speaking this today. What happens? There's resistance. Because he doesn't want you to worship God. He wants you to worship him. You say, I'm not going to worship Satan. I wouldn't go that far to worship Satan. But see, when we have not come before the Lord, stripped totally bare of all those other things, idols, things that we have placed in front of him, which we do all the time, what we're saying is, is I'd rather worship this and that instead of you. Because if we really meant it, then we would worship the Most High God and we would, we would worship Him. Because I want to tell you today, what you love most, you'll worship. What is it you love most? You'll worship that which you love most. We're going to be in the presence of the Lord 24-7, the glory of God. Now, how God works in your, in your life, in my life, that is between us and the Lord. But I don't want anybody to miss out. I know all of you. Can you say amen to that? Amen. 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 I don't want anybody to, to lack what God has, all that God has for you. You're saved. We're going to heaven. But I've always stressed, that's just the beginning of the journey with Him. In fact, that is just really the start when we get saved. Hallelujah, praise God. Redemption and being saved because of His shed blood. I'll celebrate that all throughout eternity. But He wants us to grow up. He wants us to get ready because we right now are being prepared. And He wants you and I to come in such a deep, deep, deep intimacy with Him in relationship with Him. 
that nothing else is going to make any difference, you see. Because I want to tell you, as human as I am, things want to come in and someone to just take up my time and take up this and do that and then wander here and wander there and so forth and all. And I'm going, Lord, I got to come back. I got to come back to you. And God is saying that today to the church. We got to come back to him, church. It's all about him. It's all about the heart of worship. We sang it. Kathy didn't know what I was going to teach, preach on either. But I believe it's a word for all of us because she didn't know. And it came together because she's seeking what God would have her to, to lead in on a regular basis. But God brings it together. God knew. But it's all about the heart of worship. I'm sorry, Lord, for what I have made it. Because it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word, your truth. Thank you, Lord, for your love, your presence. Lord, we want to see your glory. We just want to see your glory. We want to walk with you, Lord. We want to worship you, Lord, in spirit and in truth, just like Jesus said. And we want to encounter you. We want to meet with you. Lord, we want to meet with you every day. You're here right now. You're touching our hearts, Lord. You're doing this. And so, Lord, in this time together, more is happening what we realize. And we give you praise, dear God. But Lord, today, sometime when you touch us and we can really just feel your manifest presence, your tangible presence, the reality of a supernatural God colliding with a natural body, we know, Lord, would be changed. I just ask you, everybody here would be touched by you, encounter you, and fall in love with Jesus. That nothing else will make any difference in their lives. And they'll all want to desire you with all their heart. You know, the first commandment, Jesus said, they're all summed up in two commandments. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And to love your neighbors yourself. Just two. That's it. And we want to love you with all of our hearts, mind, soul, and strength, Lord. We don't want anything to interfere. Forgive us, Lord, for what we've made worship into. And we're coming back to the heart of worship. Thank you, Father, today for your love and goodness. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen.